0: You're
1: listening to The Real King
2: with Joe and Heidi King. Have you lost that passion or spark? Does your relationship with Jesus no longer have a heartbeat? Today, we talk about our journey to revival and how it can begin within each of us. We're coming
1: up on Easter. Are
0: we? When is mm. Easter?
2: It's not until April. It's a while yeah. yet.
1: But it's already the end of February. Mm-hmm. Do you, how do you say? February. Fre- February? How
0: February. How do you say? February. say February.
2: Feb- February. February. Feb- I say February. I say February. I say February, so I completely get rid of that R after that B.
0: I think that's what you're meant to do. Mm. But I can't. Because in my head, I'm spelling it at the same time. Yeah.
2: February. 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 I can't even say it.
1: So we've, uh, you know, we've been seeing a lot of uh, media coverage about moves of God, uh, revival, um, awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, Heidi and I were actually talking today about the difference. Because yeah. a lot of times people just... Kind of call everything revival. Um, revival is is very specific to us as Christians that have already come into faith. Um, you know, it's because aw- you
0: are reviving something. Yeah, you are. Yes,
1: you are reviving that that fire mm-hmm. that was lit at the moment that you realized you needed uh, a relationship with Christ personally. Mm-hmm. Whereas awakening is
2: aroused uh, from sleep.
1: Yeah. So, like the spirit man that's asleep in in the center that has not yet experienced the presence of God, mm-hmm. you know or salvation, um, that's an awakening. so when when us as the body of Christ or the Christian Church, experience revival, where all of a sudden we have this newfound mm. confidence in who uh, God is, and we start to feel his spirit move and work within us that causes awakening it gets gets us passionate about uh ministering the good news and taking the good news into the surrounding areas the general public
0: i think of it very like in my mind i have a very literal imagery Mm. of like you've flatlined yeah and now there's like holy ghost paddles that are like you yeah. know on your chest mm-hmm. you can probably do a better sound effect
1: than i can yeah you should find the scripture that talks about that's know, like you're bringing cup, you your back cup running over you know because that's that's kind of what what happens is is we get you know busy we get used to like what we Complacing. experience yeah yeah you really but well, when you when you when god becomes an everyday part of your everyday you
0: become cynical yeah. You can. You can become cynical. You can become um complacent. You can be just skeptical of your
1: Well like, own I know in my own life mm-hmm. there's like a shift, a fleshly shift. It's like okay, I know I'm saved, like we're covered. Now it's like fitting God into my life mm-hmm. instead of me making my life um come into line with the call of God on my life. You know what I mean? So like instead of me going, okay, I'm all in. Mm -hmm. um, God, I know you've called me to do this, this, and this. I'm like, oh, God, things are going good. Um, I don't have a lot of need. You're in this little box, you know, and I'm going to open you on Sundays. Well,
0: it's like... Or when I need. Yeah, I I can't remember where I heard it now. But someone was saying... The opposite of love is not hate, but it's indifference. Hmm. It's a lot worse, really. Yeah. <laughs> like even in a, in a marriage yeah, or love any or type hate, of, You have to have passion. Right. But when you're in a relationship with someone, it's it's almost easier to handle if they're being loving. Well, obviously, if they're being loving. But it's almost easier to handle if someone is being hateful towards you. But if someone is just indifferent towards you, mm-hmm. um, that's harder to handle. I think, like, and that's that lukewarmness, right?
1: There's you don't really care. There's you, no heartbeat. There's no yeah, pulse. In there's that. no. There's no win or lose. It's mm-hmm. just you're just fine with whatever happens. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times when you're. You know, when you do, do decide to pull the God box out, it's like um, when you have, you know, uh, a review coming up for work, you know, and you, you want your performance to look well so that you have the raise or whatever you need. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it's like, a, oh, God, I need you. I need you to intervene, you know, uh, work in the hearts of those who are in charge of what what my need is. Mm-hmm. Or you know, family catastrophe, you know the idea of a loved one being ill or hurt in a car wreck, mm-hmm. then it's um, then it's back to God um, when you have a spouse you know that you're at odds with or that's not living for the Lord, then you pull the God box out but but that's always us trying to make God fit into our busy life instead of being changed and being a new creation where now our life conforms to the call that God's put on us.
0: Yeah. You know, not that long ago you guys preached a message where you actually set a table. That's, that's the cup and over verse too. And one was like, really plain. And then the other was like, it had like candlelight and Mm -hmm. the real dishes and flowers and all that. And I think sometimes it's not even that people put God in a box consciously, you know, but like they still go to church. They go to church two or three times a week and they serve in different ministries and they volunteer and they're, they're going through the motions, but there's no spark. There's no there's no passion. There's no heat in that, you know? And you were saying, like, you know, people are... They're expecting this, but God has this table prepared for you that's extravagant and mm-hmm. beautiful and lush so and plentiful. But what I was... Sorry. And and then I'll pause. Yeah. And then what what was kind of resonating with me because I've been in church my whole life mm-hmm. is that you get accustomed to like, you think that you're at this, the lush table, mm-hmm. you know, the, the extravagant table. And in reality, you're not. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you don't realize it until somebody on fire walks in. Yeah. And, and then you're skeptical.
0: Right. So what were gonna say? we,
1: we had a, our nephew before he really mm-hmm. started getting his own relationship with Christ He would attend church and he would always say things like, Yeah, I missed last week. And I could tell because my week went horrible. And he knew that just attending church would change how he reacted to situations in his week, Mm -hmm. um, how he carried himself. And he wasn't even like going for it. You Mm -hmm. know, he wasn't, he wasn't, it was just, it was just to make grandpa and grandma happy at that point. Now he's on a whole different level. Now he's like, a tither and he's, you know, testifying to the good that God's doing in his life, but it's, it's changed drastically in his life. But it's interesting to me how statistically universities have done studies over the years where it says like people that attend church, I can't remember exactly like, um, you know, on holidays live like a couple years longer than people that don't, uh, people that ach- attend church with midweek services, um, tend to live longer than them. People that do like multiple services a week, um, they tend to live way longer. It's crazy how just just attending church and being a part of something like that. We we talked to our insurance lady the other day. So that she went through some things on our coverage and things that we do now affect the cost of our insurance. Mm-hmm. And she said there's actually a religious category like that had to do with, ministry. So they're doing studies to see, um, you know, like a physician or something that works in an ER that works like 16, 20-hour shifts. Their insurances are now higher because they're driving home after that shift.
0: Well, the American Psychology Association, I believe, is they, they put together like standardized questionnaires. So if you go to like your primary care provider, a lot of times they'll give you a form ahead of time to fill out. And it's like how often... And they do this routinely because they have to check in on people's mental health. So they say, like, how often have you um, felt anxious or whatever, you know? And it's like sometimes not at all Mm -hmm. or constantly, you know, those types of questions. And there's a section in that questionnaire that asks if you are part of any groups, clubs, organizations or church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what it's getting at is because if people attend church, they're known to have stronger mental health. It's just the fact of the matter. So in 2020, this is just one of hundreds of studies. Harvard did a study that it's uh, published um, regularly attending religious services associated with lower risks of deaths of despair. Mm. So any deaths... Related to suicide, drug overdose, and alcohol poisoning, at, according to research led by the School of Public Health, they found that people who attend church, It, it they basically said religion, to mm-hmm. them it's religion, right? To yeah. us it's relationship. yeah But they said religion is a social determinant of health. Mm. There's a lot of different social determinants of health. Like if you were raised in poverty, if you live in a city, or if you rural, yep. you know, that sort of thing. And it's something about your how you're socialized or your social structure that determines how healthy you're going to be in life. And people that attend church are determined, predestined, if you will, to be healthier in life. Isn't mm-hmm. that something? That is something.
2: Psalm 23 yeah surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and i will dwell in the house of the lord forever
1: Mm -hmm. where we where we lose it is leading Mm -hmm. up you have to have enemies in order for god to prepare a table for you in their presence and that offense that we end up in with the enemies i i don't think we look at people as broken we we look at them as equal You know, and like, I'm not spiritually equal with somebody that needs what I have. I'm, I'm a way or a vehicle for God to get that gift from me to them. Mm -hmm. So when they hit that spot, you know, and even Christians, when they don't realize this isn't about you having just a, a peachy life that's without road, road roadblocks and speed bumps, they end up in that situation where they have, uh, enmity with people and offense. And then all of a sudden they start to lose it. And then they can't find that table in the presence of their enemies. And then they lose their ability to have their cup run over, you know? So now they're not full, full to the overflow. They're, they're, they're like half empty. And then when those people in enmity come in, because the Bible says that if somebody's in enmity with you, they're an enemy of God. Mm-hmm. So now those people come in, and then they take from that cup. Because what do we do as Christians? We still try to go through the motions. We still try to give. Um, and then we end up burnt out. We end up uh, overworked and, and tired. And then all of a sudden, we, we lose that edge. You know, iron sharpens iron. We're, we're to be... We're not to be dull. Mm -hmm.
2: I think it all falls back to a recipe, though. Everybody wants a formula and a recipe on how to properly be saved and how to properly get into the kingdom of heaven. And that's when, if you go to, if you grew up in the church and you're going to two, three, four services a week, but it becomes robotic Mm. and you just get into this thing, Mm -hmm. it's because... That formula is starting to kind of come into play. Okay, so I know that I need to accept the Lord into my heart. All right, check. Now I need to make sure that I attend a church every Sunday. Okay, Mm -hmm. check. Now I need to make sure that I attend a midweek service. Okay, check. And like they start to do all these check boxes of things. And then what ends up happening is like three, four, five years down the road, they're like, man, I feel really far from you. And like I'm kind of getting off on some stuff, but I'm still attending Mm -hmm. church all the time. I'm still like doing these motions. The people that lose the passion, the people that lose the fire, it's not that God left because he's the same
1: yesterday, today, and forever. forever. Mm -hmm. That's
2: scripture. So that means that you're the problem. And if the fire or the passion goes out, then you have to identify what's going on. So let's bring this down into like normal thinking. Mm -hmm. If you're married or in a relationship with somebody and you know that you have to not cheat on your, spouse okay mm-hmm. check right you know that you have to you know you go through buy a house okay mm-hmm. check you know that you have to send the kids to college okay check and then the next thing you know it's 30 years down the road and they're getting a divorce yeah so they followed the the plan they followed the formula they followed all the rules mm-hmm. air quotes on what they need to do but there was no passion
0: so we're seeing that with people our age in particular and they're deconstructing and here's why. They've been raised in the church, in church culture, and they never got to know Jesus. That's
2: the missing piece right there.
0: They never developed a relationship with him. Yeah. They know all the Bible stories, they know all the Sunday school songs, they went to Acquire the Fire every ch- church conference, they went to Bible camp in the summer, they maybe even went to Bible college, and now they're falling away. Yeah. And it's because they participated in church culture. Right? Well,
2: and even even people that aren't a part of the church col- culture, so people that possibly were never in the church but had some sort of encounter mm-hmm. where God radically changed their lives and then they they fall into that same category too where mm-hmm. they're like, okay, you changed my life, I know you're real. I know I'm never going to return to that sin. So I'm going to make sure that, and they kind of go through that same thing. I'm going to make sure I attend church every Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure I try to attend a midweek service. And all this stuff is good. But again, if you don't have that mit- that vital piece directly into the center of all of it, and that's the relationship and the him speaking mm-hmm. to you part, because I could be married to my husband for you know 18 years but if i didn't commune with him on a daily basis and have mm-hmm. discussions and talk to him and him talk back to me and right. have just relationship th- we would we, there would be no relationship you would just be these robotic people that were living in the same Remains. house you'd be there, roommates
1: yeah. there's there's nothing mm-hmm. scriptural about any of that either because like we're supposed to get to that point where then we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Yeah. So all of a sudden, like, the, the pursued becomes the pursuer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden we get all the things we want. We get the, mm. the, the spouse that, that finally gets saved and is attending. Our kids are going to Bible camp. We're doing all the things. But what God really wanted was to make you a minister of the very things that you just received from him mm-hmm. so that I, you can right. bring that to, to other people.
0: I think that's, that's where people really get off track, right? Yeah. The goal is not so that you can sleep good at night and everything is kosher in your household and things, your bills are paid and, and you're going to heaven and when you die. You're going to go to heaven when you die. That's not the goal here. Yeah. Mm. You can that's get That's a there, benefit. <laughs> Those are all fringe <laughs> benefits yeah. of having a relationship with Christ, and the, He p- gives you life more abundant. But b- you, y- y- people, get caught up and they get stuck right there, and they think that's it. And there's it, there's depth, and there's more to it, and it's to seek and save that which is lost. Yeah, right. That's the goal.
1: Mm. Spiritually, the worst part about that is. That's when, you, that's when you leave the door open to temptation. So if I'm busy every day trying to further the kingdom of heaven and I'm telling people every day about Jesus, it's really hard to tempt me with something seductive Well, because Jesus mm-hmm. is on my lips.
0: There's a tendency always to gravitate, because it's very easy to create an illustration, with observable sin. Mm right? Mm -hmm. This person is drinking, smoking, swearing, committing adultery. We can see it with our eyes. The temptation that you describe exists for everyone, but it's not always observable sin. Mm -hmm. So is that temptation that you're just getting lax, you're getting complacent, Mm. you're getting lazy with things, Yeah, right? You're, You're just, you're losing... Do you get what I'm saying? What, like, yeah, one of, the, one of the worst... Or you're you're falling victim to anger or envy, jealousy. Comparison. Contempt, contempt comparison. Jealousy, yeah. yes. One
1: mm-hmm. of the worst addictions you can fall into in that category is comfort. Mm-hmm. If I don't make waves, if I don't make waves, if I don't do anything because mm-hmm. everything's good right now, then I don't have to worry. Like, I'll stay comfortable. Right. There's nothing that we're called to that should be comfortable.
0: And that's, don't you find that that's where we see people that even though they're in the church and they have relationships in the church, like friendships and community, they're still chasing things. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: They still feel unsettled. Like we just have to get, I was listening to a Ted talk once on happiness and people convince themselves that if they're just able to get that one thing, Mm -hmm. like, I'm not happy right now, but as soon as I get the raise, I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy right now, but as soon as I have kids, I'll be happy. I'm not happy right now, but as soon as I get this new job, this new house, this new car, this other thing. And it's constantly like they're constantly saying, I'm I'm not content or happy right now, but I'm yeah. going to continue to seek these temporary things. And they they get in this cycle of constantly grasping Mm -hmm. and in reality they just have to
1: stop seeking the wrong thing i have i have personal friends that they don't bring up their relationship with christ or jesus with their adult children because it makes waves it causes a, a disturbance in the relationship and then the kids get angry and they don't talk and this and that that's the importance of revival because when revival happens in that person and then Jesus becomes real to them the same way he did the first moment that they broke and they realized they needed him and he came to them in their time of need. That's the same kind of, um, presence in the same atmosphere that will be in them that if their children see that they'll get confirmation in their spirit, man, that, mm-hmm. that God is there. And that's why the Christian culture needs revival. That's why we need, as a, the body of Christ and as a church, to have revival because there's so many there's so many sleeping giants. There's people called to unimaginable things that are amazing. Mm-hmm. You know the the things that God will use them to do. The chi- giants that they'll slay, and they're asleep. They're mm-hmm. they're just biding their time for. Um, the coming of the Lord or the rapture, you know, like there's this idea like, Oh, I just hope it happens so that I can go. And it's like, go, what are you running from? Like all your victory is here on the other side. You won't, you won't mm-hmm. victory is not something you'll need to obtain there. Cause you'll be in it. You know, you were victorious over you're with the one who conquered death, hell and the grave. At that point, you don't need anymore. Mm-hmm. So to have revival here and have a heart for the people this is where you need to be victorious because that's what's going to set the stones in your crown. Mm-hmm. That's why when you get into eternity, you hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Revival is so important, especially to this generation, because the one coming up, um, a lot of their grandparents that got saved in the Jesus movement have, have since passed, mm-hmm. you know? Life expectancy, like the people I know that got saved in the Jesus movement, and the
0: I don't know that everybody knows what the Jesus movement. That is. was
1: a huge hippie movement in like the mid '60s through the '70s, where these people, these Woodstockers, like literally, God just showed up and ministered to them, and and they had just hippie church, and like mm-hmm. that was where so much happened. Um, mm-hmm. You you got people like the Lou Ingalls and and the Chris Valitons from Bethel and all these different people that now are are generals in our faith that that walk in these these callings that affect thousands and thousands of people they've they've got amazing reach but those people they came through that well now a lot of that generation is is you know retired or or not even here anymore, this generation coming up, they've, they've not experienced those things. And, and then people in my age group through like my brothers kind of, I don't know, in their late 40s, a lot of them didn't even take their kids to church because mm-hmm. they didn't like the conviction they'd feel when they'd take their kids. You know, so if the kids got anything, it was like, oh, we'll just drop them off at the local whatever to get them confirmed and baptized, and that's good enough for me. Mm -hmm. So a lot of those kids, you know, anything they did experience wasn't like a, I'm not going to discredit and say it wasn't like a good experience, but I've seen in my own life where at like a youth camp, conference, anything like that, there was more emotional um, movement than spiritual. It's like, oh, all your friends are screaming, um, you know, and jumping and enjoying the worship and they're going to the altar and giving their life. There's this push to be a part of the community. So you might have like two kids get on fire and one of them might be the popular kid of the group. So Now all of a sudden all 14 go up, but only two of them legitimately thought they were going to make, you know, a long-term commitment to a relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. And the rest were just kind of following along.
0: So, when you were when you're talking about that, I think like Heidi, you when was it that you had your revival? Yeah. 2020. November of 2020.
1: And you since that point, you had a good relationship with Christ up to that point. Oh
2: no, I like I was a exact story of what we're talking about right now. Right. That's why
0: I'm I wanted to bring it up because like she was checking off quote the boxes
2: right yeah i had a husband who got delivered from alcoholism mm-hmm. a major major move of god in my life that i recognized right i had prayer closet prayers that were answered right in front of my face mm-hmm. and then we both started attending church we both started operating in things of the ministry like he went into media i went into child like the children's church area we both were doing everything we were going to all the events and the Sunday services and the midweek services and everything that we could possibly think of, and everything was going really good. And the- there, there was
1: a shift though. Um, when, when our brother died, there was a demonic attack that hit her mm-hmm. and, and it was a spirit of fear to try and keep her from moving and making waves. When you- and I ended up doing a lot of like evangelism type stuff going to events alone or with people other than her because we were kind of divided at that point.
2: And that was right before we came over to your parents' church mm-hmm. and left our prior church to start with ministry with them. That was at the same time frame. Mm-hmm. When your brother passed on suddenly...
0: You had also just had Jasmine. I had also just had Jasmine. And you were Jasmine. dealing with
2: like post-baby yeah. blues and but stuff But there like was that. some kind of... I don't it was, know. It was oppressive. I don't know what it was, mm-hmm. but something hit me when he passed on, and it messed me up. I would, I would wake up in the middle of the night, and I would go in and check Jasmine, I would check Maximus, and I would check Joe multiple times a night to see if they were dead. Mm. I would check all their pulses. Like it was crazy, and that went on for that like would scare the crap out of me in the middle of the night. If you, <laughs> if, if, if you <laughs> if if to make on. sure you're alive, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go back to sleep now. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's scary. There but it, it,
1: if if you're listening to this and you and you can relate to that, that is not a spiritual attack. That is literally an opp- oppressive spirit. Yeah, that worked for years in our household, and and we had to.
2: Well, I didn't address it, so that's that's pro like that's issue number one. Mm-hmm. Is I kept that one in the closet, and oh. again, that's these crazy things where I have a crazy testimony, but then something like this is what took me out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's crazy. That's crazy that God can do such a crazy move in your life. And then something like Mm -hmm. five years, six years later, is what ends up just making you be completely ineffective for the kingdom.
1: The devil knows that if you reach your potential of who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you, greater is he that is in me mm-hmm. than he that is in this world. So if 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 you reach that point of revelatory knowledge to understand truly that greater is he that is in you and that God actually comes and lives and dwells in you, he gives you his Holy Spirit, right? You are such a threat to that same fear that plagues so many people. Mm-hmm. And th- they go internal with it. Because if if they told you that they were afraid everybody they knew was going to die in their sleep, you'd say that's crazy, that's weird. They they're afraid of the response that they would get. Well,
0: nowadays I think it's it's less it's less likely. At least with like elder millennials, maybe some Gen X, but Gen Z for sure. If you have irrational fears like that, they're not just uh accepted they're almost congratulated like if you don't have some level of debilitating like anxiety then so like right now everybody here's an example and i don't want to rabbit trail too far but like there are people right now that are creating binders for if they go missing Wow, and they're updating them all of the time with current photos.
2: That's such a bad contact place to information,
0: be. and it's because they've been binging true crime, yeah. for so long that messes you up. There's, there's, it's twofold. One, they have this fear, a deep-seated fear that something like that is going to happen to them. But it's twofold. It's a fear, but it's a
2: fascination. Mm. The same thing with paranormal shows, though. Yeah, correct. Same yeah. type of fantasy versus. So m- it mini- does a little bit of fear thing it, that draws people. It yeah. doesn't matter what it's religion. A fascination almost. Like
1: yeah. if you look at any religion, whether it be Buddhism, Hinduism, um, just even New Age, they all they all have you know. Christianity. We have the power of life and death is in the tongue. In Job, it says the thing that you fear the most will come upon you. Let me grab Um, it.
0: She's going to look it up.
1: When you look at any major religion that believes that um, there is a law of attraction, which all of those were stolen from the Bible, like God created a law of attraction, you speak and you plow the ground of good and you receive good. Power of life and death. So you speak life. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And then God gives you life and life more abundantly. So when people have a fear like that or they partner with those things or come into a covenant relationship with it. They draw those things towards it and the very spirit that's tormenting them is also also the spirit that would probably drive somebody to do something ill-mannered to them mm-hmm. in the physical.
2: Oh yeah, they talk about all the time that people that murder people they fantasized it in their head way before they actually murder anybody. Like I, it's all up here before it actually comes to fruition. But the... I think
0: what I what I gather from what you were saying is not only does that spirit co- constantly work on that person who's about to commit that, but it's, it's looking for those who are susceptible. Mm-hmm.
2: Job 3.25, For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. Mm-hmm. I am not at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, for trouble comes.
1: And Job was literally... Um, when all that kicked off, he he was putting sacrifices on an altar for his children, because his children weren't living right in the eyes of God. Mm-hmm. So he was literally acting in a in in a posture of intercession before God for their salvation mm-hmm. and for their repentance of sins. So what happened was, boom the enemy comes in, the first thing that happens is all his livestock, all the, all the things that could be used as, as a sacrifice for atonement, gone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Repossessed, killed, gone. So now he didn't even have what always worked to protect his family. And then all the sickness and all the disease that came upon him, and then the family was killed too. Mm-hmm. The things he feared the most— the things right. that he literally was conscious of came upon him the the very ones he wanted to protect you know when when you talked about people meeting an untimely death
2: mhm it's very interesting though because we've talked about this multiple times just on personal conversations have you noticed that a lot of the times like super evil people seem to like live forever
1: mm. they yeah. do
2: they're not, mm-hmm. they, and they seem very risky too. Like they don't care. Like they're just like, whatever. And then the a people are very charming. That are convinced you they're know? like, gonna die. They end up dying early. Right. It's, this stuff is very, extremely real. Mm-hmm. Trauma, a lot of the times, is where these things are able to get in. Yeah. Like that's where, cause you're weak at that point. Well, well we, we it, trade
1: it, off, blessed are those who mourn. We trade off mourning in a healthy, godly way. For depression, anxiety, and, and grief. And fear. Well,
0: I was listening to a, a conference, a leadership conference from Guillermo Maldonado, who's a pastor in Miami. And he was talking about how trauma is the reason, it's a result of something sudden mm-hmm. that happens. And that evil spirits, demons, seek out brokenness. They mm-hmm. seek out blood you know and when you have a broken heart from something Mm -hmm. you know that's where there's a crack there Mm -hmm. and it's not that's not to say that every time you feel heartbroken that you're now because I can see this I've seen it go this way even in the church where people get this revelation and then everything is that thing Okay? So just because you've experienced trauma or... It's Jezebel. Or heartbreak. That's that's
1: like the big one. It's yeah. like as soon as somebody does something wrong, every, so Everything, it's Jezebel's yeah. spirit.
0: But because you've experienced that thing, that doesn't mean that you're automatically going to have this happen. Right? Because right. you guard your heart and you stay prayed up and you stay closely connected to God and he'll protect you from those things. But, Absolutely. Um, there's something that truly happens there specific to trauma because it's that sudden onset. It's Mm -hmm. a shock. And what he said, and he cites uh, academic literature when he is like a article when he's speaking, but trauma they've found is so pervasive in someone that it can, it actually changes your DNA Mm. and get this. It can be passed down.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. So, yep,
0: that's where you become. You have the, like, we talk a lot about a generational curse. Yeah. Well, that fear, anxiety. Yeah. That, that the result of that trauma. It could be a trauma from an auto accident. I was just telling Heidi earlier tonight. You know, they talked about trauma uh, for babies just having like the cord wrapped around their neck. It could be so many different things. Uh, So many things can cause that trauma, abuse, Mm -hmm. you know, neglect, um, that sort of thing. But it's usually like an onset thing, a sudden onset.
1: When I I got the opportunity to learn about um, the abuser I had in my life, Mm -hmm. it was really interesting because at a certain point they had a child. You know, they had multiple children, but they had one that was very... um, It was the only one the same gender as them. Mm -hmm. And um, they literally were so afraid of what happened to them that caused them to be an offender themselves happening to that child that they wouldn't allow their own spouse to be alone in the room Mm -hmm. with that child. And then when you think about um, I, read a, I read a, it was a medical journal thing. It was talking about um, studies done on, on people that had extramarital affairs. Mm-hmm. And because of men, it was, it was particularly done on men, because of them living with the stress of a secret or a hidden life, it would cause their heartstrings to break. And a lot of them would have heart issues, failure, mm-hmm. uh, blood issues. You know, circulatory mm-hmm. sy- system issues. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting because, like, you'd, you wouldn't think about, you know, that little white lie as long as you keep it a secret. It doesn't hurt any, anybody. But then all of a sudden it affects them. And then your DNA, when you procreate, those things that the body does to try and survive – get passed down in the DNA. The adaptations. I, I yeah. was talking to the guy that does our um, taxidermy because Max thinks he's got to stuff every deer that he shoots. And met this guy phenomenal.
0: In fairness, he shoots nice Yeah, he deer. does.
1: He does. And if you're not into that, well. So with Maximus, uh, I was talking to this, this guy who does the taxidermy, and um, he was telling me about the, he used to do these sportsmen conferences and they would do these shows where all these people from all the all over the u.s would come in and there would be people that owned like these ranches where they would have animals on there where you could pay and you could come and stay and you go out mm-hmm. and do this like guided hunt thing and they would actually buy seed at these shows to have very specific genetics in their herd and he said um in the 70s and 80s it got really wild and he said it actually cuz he was showing me these deer that were not typical with the way that their bone structure was and the, the horns would grow mm-hmm. and i said man that i don't even know what i'd do if i seen something like that and he said he said i would probably laugh and i said what do you mean and he said that's not that's not it's genetically modified he said these these people with these farms that would collect for artificial insemination they would go to the to the mature animal mm-hmm. and and even the ones not quite mature and when they had the velvet on their horns they would take an ice pick and they would damage it and then when that damage would happen to the blood vessel it would cause an irregularity irre- mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they'd get like a what they call like a drop tine or something where they get this non-typical horn that would grow down towards the face or something and it would be like your, you know, your unicorn. Oh, you yeah. you you see something nobody else has seen. But once that was happened mm-hmm. to that horn, it would change the DNA, and now the the offspring of that animal would have the genetics for that. Hmm. And he said you'd get it into the herd, and now all of a sudden they got these things that grow horns that look like the root system of a, a huge tree, and it's it's all because of people damaging or, or hurting the animal's horns while they're... So the, the body has this tremendous ability to pass those things down. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we do the same thing spiritually mm-hmm. yeah. and genetically. I mean, we, if, we, if we endure a trauma, our spirit often mirrors the physical... Right. So we we grow a spiritual callus or we get scar tissue and we mm-hmm. thicken the skin so we don't get hurt as easily.
0: Well, in Heidi in your case, that wasn't necessarily happening to you that you were thickening your skin, but it was just it seemed to be be compounding, right? Like
1: it like was, it was a very strategic variety. <laughs>
0: um, you have to talk more. Yeah, I know, but I'm trying to get there. So what I was what I was trying to get to with yours, like the end goal, but we're really far from it is that after you had your experience, mm-hmm. you like went sold out for God.
2: It was 7 years though. So when the trauma happened with Andrew, it was in 2013. Yep. And then it slowly started with me getting seeped in shaken by like anybody could die now Mm -hmm. like at any second like you don't know and then it started to consume me Mm -hmm. and then I didn't tell anybody about it because that's weird
1: and you had never really lost anybody no you'd never really been to funerals like a contemporary everybody old age died around me like it was never like
2: a pre- The time you're like, it was, I've never experienced that before, ever. Mm -hmm. And it was so sudden, like one day he was here, the next day he wasn't. And it was pastors. So then it even shook me to my core because I'm like, nobody's safe. Like, what the heck is happening right now? Yeah. It was very disturbing. Seven years of that. And it just, every year it would just get worse and worse and worse and worse Mm -hmm. to the point where Mm -hmm. I Would never leave my house. I wouldn't go grocery shopping. I wouldn't even ride in the car with Joe. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to ride in the car with anybody. I wouldn't go out to dinner.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Nothing. Like, I wouldn't leave my house. I would just binge TV shows all the time. They became my comfort. Like, they became my happy place. As you're describing it,
0: to me, it's like your pulse. If you imagine a heart monitor, like, you know how you have, like, the... If you imagine a heartbeat in the line, right? Like somebody's in the hospital and you see it go up and then down mm-hmm. and then up and then down. Yours was getting slower and weaker. Oh, yeah. For My years. joy was gone. like right? Sucked out. And at a certain point, you, it's as if, if you didn't flatline, you were close. Yeah. It was like there was a, like barely a pulse. Yeah. Right.
1: When, when that. When that spirit started its work, she started to give up things that were, like, okay to give up. You know, I was like, yeah, you know, like, okay, I don't like roller coasters anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack on it. So all of a sudden you give up that. Well, pretty soon it's like I'm not going on any rides at the amusement park. Now it's, you know, I'm at the amusement park. I, I don't really like crowds. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going there anymore. right? So then all of a sudden you get down to where
0: you're losing ground. The yep. only place you're yeah. going
1: is the grocery store. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you know what? I can order my groceries now. And with the pandemic, everybody's doing it. So now the only way you feel safe is if you're ordering your groceries mm-hmm. and you're not going anywhere and you're no longer going in to pay for your fuel because you got to pay at the pump option. But what happens is you get down to this place where you're confined to your own home, mm-hmm. which was your only spa- space that was safe. safe. But now all of a sudden you don't even feel safe there because the lights go out at night.
2: Mm-hmm. I didn't get like that. but Well,
1: when you start checking for pulses and stuff. Well, that was at night, the very
2: beginning. The, the very thing though, that's like an important piece is it, I still lived life slightly. Right. Like it, cause my daughter was like, you know, a newborn. so like, I still had to like, be a functioning part of society, this was a slow, slow thing that was occurring, which is how the devil works, though. And it's how strongholds are built Mm -hmm. because it something crazy traumatic happens. And then you unknowingly, I must have had something opened or some like some door or some I was weak in some area for this thing to even get in. Mm-hmm. The, well, can I can I make a point there? But it can be very
0: discouraging sometimes if it's phrased in a way that's like your fault. You did something. Mm-hmm. You have to stay that close. It could yeah. it could have close been to God, that you know a door I mean? wasn't
2: opened. Sure, but the problem that I made, which mm-hmm. made it a door being opened, is I said nothing. Yeah, you said nothing. I kept it quiet and I let it hide in the darkness. You suffered in silence. Yeah. You brought
1: you brought fleshly tools. What you knew you could do to to take care of the moment to a spiritual battle. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So the mm-hmm. reason why I went the path I did about talking about giving up ground and losing your freedoms to go here and there, mm-hmm. and pretty soon you, even your safe space of your home was no longer safe because then you were being attacked there, is because I want people listening to realize don't give up ground. Right. Um, Stand but, your ground. Yeah, Even mm-hmm. even the spirit realm. When, when it talks about us seeking the kingdom of heaven, the Bible says that the violent take it by force. Mm-hmm. We're to be so zealous for God that it's it's a violent uh, seize and capture of us really getting a hold of the things and the gifts that mm-hmm. we need in this life, because nobody gets out of this alive.
2: And it's crazy, too, because the day that that traumatic thing happened, mm-hmm. it it worked negatively on me, but it actually worked positively on Joe because he took it as, yeah. I'm taking you out now and I'm going to tell every single person yeah. that I see about Jesus and no way are you going to have any more ground with me. It was like a heart moment. So for him, it worked absolutely positively. Mm-hmm. And then for me, it was negative. So again, I still lived life and functioned, but it was just like one brick. You, you talk about bricks and foundations and strongholds all the time. It was like one thing. Yep. And then it got built again Yeah. where like at first it was just like I would check everybody's pulse in the middle of the night and not tell anybody. That's one brick. And then it would move to like, um, I'm not going to go out to dinner with you guys tonight. I'm just going to stay here. Mm-hmm. Like bring me takeout. Yeah. And then that's another brick. Yep. And then it's like, I'm not going to go to that conference. Like there's right. too many people and that's another brick. And then it ends up becoming strongholds. But that – so seven years mm-hmm. later, I was still at that place. To me, it's that that place – and you can talk about it
0: more in depth, but you you had an encounter or a situation that happened in the middle of the night.
2: Yeah, right. So I went to bed. So for like a couple of years before that, mm-hmm. my sleep started to get messed with. Right. So I would wake up in the middle of the night, almost passing out. Mm-hmm. It, and it's weird because a lot of the times, if you're passing out, I feel like you're not going to wake up. You know, what I'm, like it was just a weird. There was yeah. It was like it woke me up. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, like I'd go into like the restroom or something like that, and then I would get like it. my face would go yeah. s- straight white, my blood, thus the Fitbit, my yeah. blood, my blood, like pressure would drop, like mm-hmm. my heart rate would drop, like everything would drop like to forties. Right, and I
1: think God, I think Holy Spirit was waking you up because of the attack, because it was a spiritual attack. Crazy mm-hmm. part
2: is when those middle of the night bathroom attacks mm-hmm. would happen. The only thoughts that were running through my head is the amount of people that have died on the toilet.
1: Oh yeah, that, from, that k- from used to play me too, like Elvis and all these famous people. And, it is, a and thing. the devil would yeah. torment because, well, and people they they go to a place like if you got an upset stomach or something. You you go to a place so that you don't have accidents, right? Mm-hmm. And if if for me, if if I'm in a place of vulnerability like that, I'm not usually calling for help, you know. And if it's a spiritual battle,
0: it's like when battle, someone is choking and they leave the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most like people die because of, they, they they run right. to the bathroom
1: in, in restaurants. Yeah, Ooh.
2: for a couple of years, those mm-hmm. middle of the night attacks were happening almost nightly. Like it was almost every night to the point where church was not even my safe place anymore. I would have straight panic attacks in church services. I would have panic attacks at Bible studies, Mm. all this kind of stuff. I actually had a meltdown at a Bible study one Wednesday night and the whole Bible study had to pray for me because I started to get fed up with feeling like I'm going to pass out all the time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can't take this anymore. And I just like gushed at Bible study and then they like started praying for me and stuff. But that night in November of 2020, it was... He just got home from hunting Mm -hmm. and we go to bed that night and all I, all I, oh, it was the worst feeling ever. I felt like the hand of God left me. Mm -hmm. I literally woke up with that same feeling of you're going to pass out. But this night I didn't even get one foot off the bed and like I fully passed out. All the prior nights, she was talking
1: to me, but she didn't remember any of it. Like there was like something dark came into our house to steal, Mm -hmm. to kill and destroy. And then I was, I actually, I was praying and like I wasn't seeing a result of like life. Mm -hmm. So at one point I called 911. Right. And then that lady had to listen to me praying and praying in the spirit Mm -hmm. on the phone as I'm like telling her to come too, it was very different and it was very spiritual.
2: Right. And so, in the middle of mm-hmm. his praying, yeah, I came like I could hear him praying.
0: Yeah. But you were distant.
2: I couldn't, it was like I couldn't, I couldn't open my eyes. I couldn't move my body. Yeah. I couldn't like open my mouth. Mm-hmm. It was like I was paralyzed, but like I internally knew what was going on. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I could hear everything that was going on.
0: And, so clearly you you lived through that. Oh, I don't know if so it, goes to, after, it needs to be said. After but.
2: that, so that night, the, mm-hmm. the paramedics came and checked me out. They're like, you look fine, but we would still advise that you go to ER just for like a full check, because this is obviously an extremely strange experience that just occurred. You called me. Hmm. I came over. Slumber I, so party. we went to the ER. Hmm.
1: Well, she wasn't going to go, and then it tried to come back. Yes.
0: Mm, yeah, I do remember that. Yep. Because you had said, "No, I think we're okay." Yep. And then you said, "No, go ahead and come over." Yeah. Yeah.
2: So went. Everything checked out fine. I was fine. But that that moment when mm-hmm. we left the hospital, it was like God. That was your paddle moment. It was my. He shook me up like he revived you it literally he yeah. absolutely revived me it was that moment where i was to the point i was at my breaking point yeah. i would be willing to die now for christ instead of ever living a life like there that you again go. that
0: right there that's revival it starts that's- here it starts inside in, uh, in as far as i'm concerned that you have i have chills you you experienced literal revival you were revived mm-hmm. And that's where you you didn't just wake up, you didn't just sit up, you jumped up, grabbed your sword, right? And you're like we ride at dawn. Seriously. And since twenty twenty,
2: it's been on bananas. When when
1: the Bible says you you have to die to the flesh, right? Well, what is what is the flesh? The flesh is your intellect of this world. It's your knowledge of this world. It's the knowledge Mm -hmm. of good and evil. So what does the flesh always try to do? It goes back to the curse of sin in the flesh. Mm-hmm. So the curse of the sin in the flesh is what? Death. Yeah. Adam and Eve were made to live forever. After the curse of sin entered the flesh, Adam was given like 999 years, and he lived to like 996. Mm-hmm. So like already that curse was at work and shaved off life. That's right. And yeah. it just keeps going down through through the, the bloodlines, through the lineage and then all of a sudden you get to us and when we have that moment where we die to the flesh mm-hmm. and the flesh is no longer in control hmm. of because now we're not living from earth, we're living yep. from eternity.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. You you make that shift where you're no longer praying or thinking from earth to heaven, but from heaven to earth. Yeah. Because you're no longer a, a resident or, or a, a participant. You're just passing through, man. Yeah, you're, you're, you're an mm-hmm. alien in, in a world that, that you're not of, and you're bringing good news.
0: You're in the world, but not of it. Yeah.
1: And now that you have experienced mm-hmm. life and life eternal, yeah. the good news becomes good news. Yeah.
2: yeah. It made me come to the very real mm-hmm the realization, realization. <laughs> yeah that he's everything yeah when we die we return to him to him mm-hmm. like breath is in our lungs because he breathed it mm-hmm. like we have mobility in our legs because he gave it it was like they talk about like the rocks crying out yeah I had that like revelation of mm-hmm. like none of this matters like everything is about him, everything is gonna return to him. Like I just had that Mm -hmm. awareness for like one, remember the next day I like wouldn't speak you kept like holding my hand and you're like, why aren't you talking? You're making me so yeah. nervous.
0: Like when you, you go introspective. Yes. Yeah.
2: It, but it wasn't a bad thing. It was like every little con cause we have conflicts and days we fight yeah. over stupid yep. stuff. We fight over what we're going to have mm-hmm. for dinner or we, or we fight with the kids about schoolwork, all this kind of stuff Yeah. for like a week after that. I would not engage in any of that because it was like, is this kingdom, what, what do we always say? Is this a matter of eternity? Yeah, yeah. that's a everything, common saying in our family. Everything was like through a matter of eternity lens. And if it wasn't a matter of eternity, like it's not having my time. It's like the old song, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Yeah. You like started to embody that. It was crazy. Well, and then now that you just said die to the flesh, it was 2021 that I started fasting. hmm In 2021 (laughs) is when fasting got laid on my heart. 2022. And then 2022, we did between probably five to seven fasts that year. And then to kick off 2023. And then to kick off 2023, we did a 41-day fast. So
1: 21 of which was water only. Yeah, Yeah.
2: and that's denying the flesh. So in 2020, I had that, I'm killing the flesh. Like, he gave that back to me. I felt so...
1: 2021, too, like... That was when that lady ran me off the road, too. Yes, almost, in February. I, I, like, that was a miracle of God mm-hmm. that I didn't die and that the truck didn't roll. And it was like, hit a big hunk of ice, went mm-hmm. in between uh, lanes of traffic at 70 miles an hour, I actually came back up out of the ditch and went between the two cars that caused the issue. And thankfully, they were both stopped, so mm-hmm. th- there wasn't a collision. What's crazy is as I sat on the side of the road with the chief of police and he was like, man, I cannot believe this truck stayed upright. Right. Because it literally went for like a half mile where this vehicle (laughs) spun in a ditch, spun in the middle of the road. I remember the tire tracks. Yeah, they were Mm -hmm. all over. Yeah. And I was like, man, you guys probably could have heard me scream. What came out of my spirit was, Jesus, don't let me die today. Mm. I'm not done. Jesus, don't let me die today. And that's all I screamed the whole time. And out of
0: the abundance of your heart,
1: the mm-hmm. most speaks. I didn't yeah. scream the S-H blank T. Right, 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 I didn't right. scream any
0: profanity Fs or mm-hmm. or
1: Jesus Christ as a curse word. Right. Like, you don't know what's going to come out of you until you hit that, like, um, death or eternity—place in your life. Seriously, it's like, it changes it's like you. Mm-hmm. You have no idea what what comes out until when you have those moments. Now, like our response to stuff is a little different. Mm-hmm. Like if we see a car accident in front of us, we're immediately praying for whoever that's involved to be ministered to.
2: If we even see an ambulance. Yeah. With its lights on, we pray. M- we play- if pray we see the the, the, m- the Mayo helicopter flying, mm-hmm. we pray. Yep. But as far as like the revival awakening, like. God is going to continue to shake this nation because we all know that the time is near. Yeah. So I just pray that the revivals keep occurring yes. of the people that do know about Christ and have just gotten complacent and lost, that they get revived in mm-hmm. Jesus' name, and that the awakenings come for the people that have never heard it yeah. before. Yeah. Because bottom line, whether you believe in Christ or not, when you die and leave this world, you're going to return to them. Yeah. <laughs> so but- I just pray.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and to have... To have that life here and have that victory here, so to walk until your final breath in victory
2: mm-hmm.
1: and be an overcomer and more than a conqueror is is a necessity to you as a human being. Yeah. To 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 actually live life and not exist. Absolutely. It's so important because so so much of our lives we just existed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, we either existed for the affirmation of those around us or we existed to to get to the next big moment. You know, mm-hmm. oh, I can't wait till I turn tw- 16, I'll get to drive. Can't wait till I turn 18, I'll be able to do things that are mm-hmm. only legal after that. I can't wait till I'm 21 so I can legally blah, blah, blah. And we we live our life to events, but then all of a sudden, we hit a certain age, mortality becomes a reality. Yeah. And we realize that our physical body is not gonna live forever. And and to to get into that place of maturity where it's like, okay, all this belongs to him. Yeah. Everything I do from this day forward has to glorify him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I have to be a walking, talking billboard for Jesus because what that's gonna do is it'll give back the years the canker worm has eaten up, the mm-hmm. the things that have been stolen. God will restore to you the years of your youth. He'll do so much stuff, and then your your last years on this earth will be your best.
0: Can I I make a point quick? Both of you have had very personal Mm
2: -hmm.
0: revivals. Yeah. And you've made a choice, even with the podcast— you're going to tell this and you're going to tell as many people far and wide as you can absolutely and you want other people to catch fire just like you have right but one thing that's very notable here is that he came to you where you were Mm. and he revived you right there Mm -hmm. it is perfectly okay and acceptable and wonderful if people want to go and seek Mm -hmm. but you guys are proof positive that God will come in literally to your house, to your to your car, to your bedroom in the middle of the night, one on one and bring you back. Absolutely. He he will go after the one. Absolutely. Right? And he'll snatch you out of the the grip of whatever is dogging you. Yeah. And bring you back yeah. and revive you. Yeah. And people just have to s-
2: start Just start by
0: seeking that out. Ask for that. Absolutely.
2: Well, and then once you have one of those moments, Mm -hmm. you're never the same. Right. Kim Walker, she has a prophetic song about that. You're never the same. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You'll never be the same. He was never the same after his. Mm -hmm. And mine, I mean, I'm only two years in, three years in, Mm -hmm. never the same since then. You don't lose the fire once you realize every moment of every day, I think, is this pleasing to God? Mm -hmm. is this I have zero desire to sin anymore like that's not even a thought in my brain because I was like I don't want to have any distance between me and Christ I -hmm. need a constant and it's not out
0: of I think the the change in heart or correct me if I'm wrong is you aim to please yes you don't want to disappoint your heavenly father absolutely it's not like I don't want him to smoke me off the face of the planet. That's not it at all. And that can be very misconstrued because if you look at it in the wrong light, people can view that as oppressive. This isn't oppressive. No, it's It's warm and it's a rich inviting and it's a rich relationship that you have with your father, God.
1: Yeah. Right. When, when I think of Heidi as, as the bride to Mm -hmm. me, what I want from my bride is uh, I want a little bit of affirmation that she knows I'm a good provider, mm-hmm. that she knows that I love her enough to die for her mm-hmm. i I want yeah. her to I want her to to bring those things back to me mm-hmm. in in a not that that she's got a grovel or anything, but in a posture of thankfulness that mm-hmm. that God has given us to each other, right? So us as the bride of Christ, we have to have that. Yeah. Yeah. That we we have to show that. up and and constantly be ministering to his When you say
0: you have to do this, that again, that's coming from you saying I can't get enough. I I want to do this. It's the condition of your heart is not it's not saying like I have to do this or else. Right. It's like I have to do this because I I want to spend every every fiber of my being I want to be close to the Lord. Yeah. You, yeah, want, you want, get want that proximity. You want that closeness. Yes. So that- when you're saying I have to, we have to do this, I just want to clarify that stance for people that maybe are not understanding it. That when they when you're saying I have to do this, it's like it's like when you you've missed someone and you want to see them, I just gotta see them. I just I just have to take the opportunity to do this. That's, that's the way I hear it, and I just want to make sure other people hear it the same way.
1: Yeah, and I, I love to hear God speak to me. Mm-hmm. I love okay. to see God work in my life.
0: And you had to learn the sound of his voice in order to exactly have that. and
1: the way he speaks to me is very different than the way that he speaks to Heidi or pastors. Right. The beautiful thing about that is when we're on and we're hearing from God, and then we come and we say what we've heard. It usually brings confirmation to the other ones that yeah. are seeking. Right. Mm-hmm. So when when we seek to to have uh, relationship or close proximity to God, and He speaks to us. And he he starts to appoint our steps and Mm -hmm. and give us vision. You know, we have to have vision. People without vision perish, right? Well, the word that they use for perish is the same word that they use for ill-equipped or or defenseless. Yeah. If you don't have a vision, if all the things you wanted through Christ came true, husband saved, wife saved, kids are going to church camp, everything's hunky-dory— If that's the end of your vision, Mm. that's that's you've just cut yourself way short. That's weak sauce, man. You're like
0: you're like prime for the picking from the enemy. God's like,
1: you guys have just got my attention.
0: That's short sighted. Is you guys just
1: got my attention by Mm -hmm. getting enough faith to get to there? Now I want to move mountains, and we're like, I'm good.
2: Psalm thirty seven. 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Yeah, ordered
1: by the Lord. And
2: he delights in his way. 37.4 is the Lord, he gives you the desires
0: of your heart. Absolutely. Which Pastor Tim has always said, people always take that wrong and they say, he'll give you whatever you desire right now and he'll bring that to fruition. And instead what it really means is that he's going to plant in your heart the seeds of his desires. This is the way I kind of reword it in my mind, is if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll entrust in you and place into your heart his desires for you.
2: Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. I have to keep going. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Hmm. So you went through 13? Yes, ma'am. So you
1: have to surrender your heart Mm
2: -hmm. and give
1: all your heart. And a a man can't serve two masters. So now if God is the master of your heart, you can no longer serve fear. You can no no longer serve poverty or anguish. So it, it shifts everything.
0: And it revives you.
1: Yeah. It does. It brings that's that mm-hmm. revival. Revival's gotta start in you.
0: That's right. It doesn't start across the country or with it can, but in you. In right but you. That's it has specific to, start.
1: to that people group. You can go but and try I'm not and get talking about like,
0: like today. Right. I'm saying like the Jesus movement, Brownsville, mm-hmm. places, things like that, Toronto, right? Wasn't there one in Toronto mm-hmm. when we were growing yeah. up?
2: Well, Even Azusa. Yeah.
1: Right. South Africa. There's been a lot. And
0: like, yes, you can go and take part in those things, but I've also taken part in things like that and walked away empty handed. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cause it starts, it because it in wasn't, them. yes. And it wasn't in me yep. and it has to start in me. Come it has on. to start in you. Come on.
2: Thank you so much for joining us today. We pray that you found encouragement through what we've shared. We would be so honored if you would make sure that you're following us. You should also find us on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us at at the Real King Podcast. That's at the Real King Podcast. And don't forget, we put out new episodes every Monday. See you next time.